Hello, and welcome to the Anchor Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's message. But anyway, I'm going to pick up uh, where we left off in Genesis chapter 26 in the study of the patriarchs. And we're now looking at Isaac's life. And we're going to look at the, the situation of wells. And I know that sounds kind of strange, but it'll make sense when I'm done. So it, it, the, the title is Preventing Enemies from Filling Up Our Wells. And what you're starting to realize when you start reading the Bible is wells are a big deal. Uh, because in the Israel, they survive on rain or they survive on the snowpack from Mount Hermon that goes down and fl- uh, it goes right into the Jordan River, goes to Galilee and into the Dead Sea. So they're like California in a lot of ways. We have a, a, a water problem typically. And we have to have rain, we have to have the snowpack. And so this is a problem. But when, the, when God blesses the patriarchs, what will happen is, like, Abraham will dig wells, or Isaac will dig wells, or Jacob will dig a well, and they will always find water. Why? Because God is blessing them in the land. And water in an arid place is like finding gold. When you're in the Middle East or in the Near East, having water is the most precious thing you could possibly have. That's why you'll see the allusion in Scripture to water being like the water of life, representing eternal life, right? Those types of imagery. Paradise. Paradise is a well-watered garden. That's what Eden was, a well-watered garden. But when you get out of the paradise, you're into the desert, and water becomes a, 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 a rare commodity. And so the patriarchs would dig wells, and they would find water. And then it's what it represented. The wells represented the connection to God's blessing. As water represented the blessing from God and you dig the well and it gives you access to that blessing. And so they would do that. And it was a metaphor that was carried on not only through the Old Testament, but it's also carried on into the New Testament about water coming from wells or water coming from springs. And obviously, if you go even into Revelation 21 and 22, there's water that comes from the throne of God, representing eternal life, right? So that whole theme of well water and eternal life uh, springing up comes from this idea. So you don't want to dismiss it. So let's go into it. And, and then try to explain what's happening and then apply it to what's going on today, okay? So <clears throat> we start in verse 12. It says, Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. And you're thinking, well, what is, what is the context there? The context is this. There's a famine in the land. And because there's a famine, there's probably no rain. There's no water. It's not, it hasn't rained. And so it's caused a famine in the land. And that's the context. And yet, during the famine, Isaac is reaping a hundredfold. He has enough water. He's prosperous. His flocks are doing good. His herds are doing good. And he's got servants. So everyone else around him is suffering through a drought and a famine 
and yet he is not. How so? Because of God's blessing. That's the point, okay? And he's, he's dug wells, okay? So but the principle before we move into what the enemies are going to do is this. Wherever the Lord leads you, he will provide. That's what you have to understand. And, and so in the midst of a famine, in the midst of a drought, Isaac is still prospering. He still can survive. And he's surviving quite well. Well, it's the same as true. For those of us who God has called us to stay in California, as time gets worse, uh, you know, uh, the, the economy is going to get worse and time draws on and, and things are going to get more expensive here in America and expensive more in, in California, the question then remains, do you have enough faith to trust God in your provision that if he keeps you here, that he can provide for you? And certainly we have to have that kind of trust. Now, wherever he leads us, that's where he's going to provide. Even in the midst of a famine? Yeah, even in the midst of a famine. So that's the principle that we're working with. Okay, so what happens? So he's doing well, everyone's doing bad, and so the Philistines envied him. Now this is the thing that you have to capitalize on. The, the Philistines see this, and again, their, their flocks are dying. They have no harvest. There's nothing going on. They're dying on the vine. So they start envying him. Now, here's the interesting thing. The enemies of God that don't want anything with God, their response should be, how come you're being blessed and we're not? What is it that your God is doing differently with you than our gods are doing? And you would think that that would cause them to want to seek the answer. But no, instead, they envy. Okay, They want what he has, but they don't want his God if that makes sense. That's what the culture is doing today. The culture is wanting the blessings of God without God. That's what's happening. But you can't have the blessings of God without God. The two go hand in hand, right? So they envied him. And so what you're seeing here, what you're going to see with the Philistines, is going to speak to you and I. It's called the destruction of blessing. And there's a three-step process here that's happening right here in this scene. And what I want you to, to note is it is the same three-step process of destroying our culture, destroying the West, destroying the Judeo-Christian ethic and morals and foundations of the West. This is what's happening, okay? And this is how they do it. So step one, they want what the Lord offers, but they cut themselves off by removing him from the culture and their lives, which is exactly what's happened in America, what's happened in Europe, what's happened in Australia, and most of Western civilization that is based on Judeo-Christian foundations. They don't want him in the schools, so they took him out of the schools. They don't want him in the college or university, they took him out. Okay, you know all that. And, that, and so, but yet they want a, a, a civilization that still runs. It's not going to run effectively. You have destroyed the hierarchy. You have destroyed the genders. You have destroyed creation, all of that. And you expect to keep the blessing of God? Wow. So here's the things they want. Our culture wants peace instead of turmoil. But you can't find peace without God. They want order instead of chaos. But I'm sorry, you divorce yourself from God, you're going to get chaos. That's just how life is. They want purpose 
Not meaningless, but I'm sorry, only God gives meaning to your life. You will not find meaning without God. They want identity, right? The whole big deal, they don't even know who they are anymore. Well, if you went to God, he would tell you who you are, but you're not gonna find identity without God. You want direction? You're not gonna find it without God. You want healing instead of pain? You're not gonna find it without God. You want a destiny instead of aimlessly wandering through life? You're not gonna find it without God. You wanna build something in your life that matters? Instead of destroying your life, you're not gonna do it without God. And you want paradise instead of hell? You're not gonna do it without God. Isn't it amazing that these Marxist, communist, globalists are trying to create a utopia, a, a, a paradise, but without God? How in the world can you have paradise without God? The whole point of paradise is because God's there. God is what makes heaven. It's not just heaven itself without God. Heaven wouldn't be heaven without God. Duh, and yet our culture doesn't want him. They want, they want the, the new Jerusalem without him. Can't have it. Sorry, it doesn't work. So what you're really dealing with is people who want the blessing of God, but they're not in a place to be blessed. How can we say God bless America when our culture is continuing to turn its back on God? How can you say that? It's crazy, right? Now I'm speaking to the choir, but here's stage two. Now, Abimelech, this is not the same Abimelech that Abraham dealt with, but Abimelech is just a, a name like saying king or Caesar or Pharaoh. It's a different guy, but same kind of problem. So he's, 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 he's not a friend, per se, uh, of Isaac, and he doesn't seem to like God. So this is his reaction to watching Isaac get blessed and everyone else is hurting from this, famine. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Well, that's an odd response. I mean, I mean, seriously, if I'm watching someone get blessed, I would say, why are you getting blessed and I'm not? I want, I want to have what you have. I want access to that God, because that seems to be the one true God that can sustain me through a famine. But his reaction is not that way. And that's the same way the culture is. You would think when they look at your life, and they see the order, they see the marriage, they see how you're, how you're managing life, that they would want what you have. But instead, they want to destroy what you have. It's the opposite reaction. Get away from us, for you are mightier than we. So there's a certain amount of fear here. So again, let's, let's capitalize on that. So here's the second stage. They remove anyone who reminds them of this powerful and supernatural provision because of fear, okay? So let me explain this. Why does he tell them to get away? Because what he is seeing is supernatural. It is a power that's beyond human power. How do you have blessing in the middle of a famine? That's impossible. That's right. It's, it's impossible on a human level. So instead of wanting to know this God, he runs from this God. Well, here's the thing. If you don't accept God's grace and you don't want his mercy, then you can expect his judgment because there's, there's only two ways. There's no neutral ground. And when people don't want this God, they become very much afraid because the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
okay? So they're being convicted when they don't want this, this God because of the impending judgment that comes upon them. And so there's an internal fear, not a healthy fear, but a fear of being judged, okay? And so they push you and I and everyone else like Isaac away from them because it reminds them of judgment. That's why. It's how they sleep at night. It's how they justify their lifestyles. They don't want to think about the judgment on their lives, okay? So this fear um, is real. This fear, uh, I, I can tell you, is even seen in the demonic realm. Let me explain this a little bit. So I've been involved in exorcisms where um, someone is demon-possessed. And what you'll notice is that the demon will pitch a fit, spit at you, go crazy, uh, cuss you out, try to attack you, all kinds of things to intimidate you, okay? And, and show displays of supernatural powers and all that stuff. But really what's happening is a front to cover up their fear. Because the demon is very, very much afraid. Not of the human personally, but of who is inside the human that's a believer. And he's afraid of the Holy Spirit. He's also afraid, the demon's afraid of the authority of the Messiah. Because the authority, uh, the authority of the Messiah is that the Messiah can command them to do anything, right? And so they're very much afraid. They're very much afraid of being tormented by Jesus. They're very much afraid of him. And if they make a wrong move, he, they will be tormented. So I remember an occasion where the lady was going back and forth, back and forth between the demons that were in her and her. She was very lucid going back and forth, and they would take over. Her eyes would roll back, and you can tell the demon had taken over. Well, one time, the, the, she had come back to consciousness, and, and she said to all of us, they're very much afraid of you, very afraid. And um, I, I, I knew... I, I knew just reading my case studies in demonology and Satanology, that that's typically how they feel. They're very much afraid, not of the human, but of God. So this fear is real with unbelievers, and even, as I say, in the demonic realm of God, because when they see a display of God's power, they don't know what to do about it, because it's a power beyond even the demons, Satan. It's, it's an infinite power, and it scares people if they don't approach it correctly. And so what they see in Isaac's life is this power, this power to sustain him. It's beyond human, and it scares them. So in order to, instead of running to it, they run from it. And that's why they don't want anything to do with us. So for instance, so when they see this kind of power inside of a person that's willing to stand for the truth, like this teacher, so what did, this teacher got fired for refusing to use student preferred pronouns. Well, good for the teacher, but they, what did they do? They push him away. They fire him because of it. So what are they afraid of, right? They're afraid of the truth, right? Well, I'm glad that, you know, that um, the courts ruled in his favor for religious freedom that he didn't have to do it. But what's the point? When they don't want you around, they push you out because they're, they're afraid. Now, let's talk about Israel as an example. Why doesn't Hamas or Hezbollah attack the, uh, uh, the IDF? Why, why, why don't they go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the IDF? You want to have a war? 
then, then, then buckle up and go against the IDF. But no, they, they go against civilians, right? Because you know why? They're afraid of Israel. Now, the, uh, the prophet Isaiah predicted this sphere of Israel, particularly among Egypt. Um, and and uh, Isaiah talked about it. And obviously from 1948 to 67 to 73, even to this day, Egypt has a healthy fear of Israel because of all the wars that had happened. Isaiah predicted this, by the way, in Isaiah 19. And this fear keeps Egypt at bay. Okay, so what Hezbollah and, and, and Hamas are learning is this fear, too, that Egypt has learned. And what is it? It's the fear of Israel's military. Why? It's not simply the fear of just the IDF. According to Leviticus 26... Israel is always given supernatural empowerment when it fights wars. This is why when you look at them, they're always outnumbered, right? Like Gideon's 300. They're always outmanned, always outgunned in the wars that they have come back to since 1948. But what happens? Supernatural things happen and cause Israel to win. That cannot be explained from a human level. That causes a fear in, in people when they see that because it's beyond human and it's unexplainable. So this is why Hamas or Hezbollah or Iran doesn't directly take on the IDF. They don't go after civilians because as I'm going to show you, when Israel gets involved with its IDF, again, supernatural empowerment, this is how they go root out terrorists, ‫הדלת הזאת, 
דילגנו חזרה אחורה לפתח תוך כדי ירי ואז נהיה לנו חילופי אש ורימונים עם המחבל באיתור הזה אנחנו נהיה במצב שבו אנחנו נמצאים כאן במטבח ומנהלים ירי למחבל מהפתח הזה ומפתח בקיר שנוצר כאן במטבח בסוף באקט המסיים של הדבר הזה נתנו הרבה רימונים לבית, נתנו הרבה ירי, נתנו לעשן ולאמק לשקוע ורק אתה מסיים היה שהחוליית חוד פתחה את הבית, המחבל היה שם חי, תפס ממש את הקנה של הנשק אחד הלוחמים זה הגופה של המחבל הראשון, זאת הגופה של המחבל השני, סך הכל שתי מחבלים הרוגים see any genocide going on here what our college campuses say I see the IDF taking terrorist after terrorist after terrorist out that's what I see this is what they're afraid of they don't want a, a full-on confrontation with the IDF so my point is why because of God because of God empowering the Israeli army and you know this is funny that You see this Turkish lawmaker dies two days after threatening Israel with the wrath of Allah, and he drops dead. That should be a warning to everybody. You mess with Israel, you're going to collapse and die of a heart attack, saying the wrath of Allah. Give me a break. I think we know who the true God is right now. But what, but what happens? So, here, so, again, we're watching these stages of the destruction of these wells, which is really a destruction of God's blessing. So now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his fa father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And they had filled them with the earth, or with earth. So, here, so Abraham digs these wells, and these crazy Philistines go back and plug up the wells with dirt, and they fill them up again. What do you, what's wrong with you, Philistines? Don't you like the water that comes out of the wells, you idiots? Because you're now plugged up where your flocks can get water, where you can get water, where your crops can get water. What's wrong with you? You know what this is? It's a nihilistic, deconstructive mindset. We're just going to tear the whole thing down. And if we go down with it, so be it. And this is what you want to tell everybody that's trying to destroy the West, trying to destroy Israel, trying to destroy America, Canada, Australia, Europe. Once you tear down Western society, which is based on Judeo-Christian ethics, what are you going to rebuild with? You idiots! You're destroying the very society that gives you your kind of life that you want. And you want, you're willing to take it all down. That's, how, that's the Philistines. We got Philistines living with us right now. Wanting to take everything down. Saying it's systematically racist, saying it's, it's this, it's that, the patriarchy, cis this, cisgenderism, all this other stuff. They're filling up the wells that were dug by our ancestors. People died to have these wells opened so that the blessings of God would flow out. Same thing in Israel. What are they trying to do? Those are ancient wells dug by the patriarchs. And what do the Hamas and Hezbollah and all of them want to do? Fill up the wells. Destroy it all. I find it amazing that when you're, you're on site in Israel, you have these amazing places where events happened, 
and the Muslims will just destroy the place. Just absolutely destroy the place. To, to pretend like there's no memory of Israel ever being there. It's amazing. It's the Philistines filling up the wells. So step three, this is step three. This is what's happening to the West. They destroy the very things that would give them access to the things they truly need. So they destroy it. The blessings that come from the wells, so to speak, the blessings that come from God, they end up destroying. And so, so it is with America, what they're trying to do in Western society. And, and, and so you look at this picture, they're willing to hurt themselves to hurt which, that which they envied. Destroy the society and culture that everyone wants to be a part of. Look, think about this. They say America's so bad, but why does everybody in the world want to come here? Because I don't hear people saying, I can't wait to go to China. I mean, no one says that. I can't wait to go to Africa. I can't wait to go to Iran. I can't wait to go to Saudi Arabia. I can't wait to go there. Boy, that would be really living. That would where, where, where I would get a lot of opportunity in my life. Well, no one says that. They want to come to the West. And why? Because the very society and culture, which is based on a Judeo-Christian ethic, is what gives them the opportunity. But yet they want to destroy it. I don't get it. I guess it's the Philistine mindset. Let's just destroy everything, the wells and all. So look at what's happening on our border. We've had illegal border crossings of 10 million since Biden has gotten in, 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 in office. 10 million. Even Democrat Arizona is sending the National Guard to the border. It's gotten so bad. And then we find IEDs at our, our U.S. border. Hey, let me ask you this question. Let, let's see if we're, we're all on the same page here. We're all for legal immigration, particularly people that want to come in. They love our country. They love our values. They love our people. But why would I allow people to come into our country that hate us, that hate our culture, hate our religion, and want to destroy our country? I don't know. You tell me. Are we crazy? Because that's what Europe has done. That's why there's so much anti-Semitism in Europe. They've allowed Muslims to come in there, bring Sharia law, and now they don't know how to explain the anti-Semitism. Oh, let me tell you. You brought in people that hate the West. Why did you do that? And yet we do the same thing? We're slitting our own throats, man. Destroy the religion that affords them the freedom of religion. So we offer the freedom of religion in here. Judaism and Christianity offer that. Saying you can believe in any God. We believe we have the one true God. But we will allow you the freedom to believe in anything you want to believe. You can even believe in atheist. We'll give you that freedom. Because the gospel flourishes the best under freedom. But go try this in Saudi Arabia. Go try another religion in Iran. Just go try it. And let's see how far you get. And yet you want to destroy this society that gives you the very freedom to practice whatever you want to practice as far as your religion is concerned. And yet you hate Christianity. I don't get it. You plug up the well of Christianity, and what are you going to have next? Maybe Sharia law will be next, because that's what's happening in Europe. 
Maybe that's what will happen. And then you get this stupid stuff. Supreme Court sides with Washington law banning Christian counseling for LGBT issues for minors. Yeah. So the very religion that would help them get out of the LGBT lifestyle, free them from that through Jesus Christ, can't use it, can't do it anymore. You're, you're, it can't happen in America. Then what religion is this? A totalitarian religion? What is this? You're destroying the very foundations. You can't even put up a menorah now. Put up a menorah, it gets taken down, it gets thrashed, threatening messages at the scene. What happened to our freedom of religion? Oh, we don't have people here that believe in freedom of religion. Especially the Muslims. They don't believe in freedom of religion. And then you got guys like this, Anthony Fauci, biggest destroyer of human lives in the, in the 21st century, killed millions of people with his gain of functions in the Wuhan labor, uh, laboratory, saying he doesn't practice Catholicism anymore because his own personal ethics are good enough. Yeah. Okay. If that's not the height of hypocrisy, I cannot believe that, right? His own personal ethics. This guy, if he doesn't get saved, will rot in the deepest part of hell because of how many people he killed. He's a murderer. But yet, this is the face of America, my own personal ethics. Oh, okay, fine. And so their own personal ethics then decides to... Um, uh, uh, do sacrilege against the birth of the Messiah, right? Uh, with a drag nativity, drag queens put on drag nativity event. Um, I, I'd like to see them try this, do a drag activity uh, on Ramadan with the Muslims. I'd like them to see to do that and see how long they last. Why don't they have a drag a thing at, in, 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 in Saudi Arabia or Iran because you know if they did that, they'd be thrown off the rooftops and killed, right? But they'll do it here because they know the Christians here will turn the other cheek or they're too weak to fight back. So they do it here and they commit sacrilege. And so what they're doing is taking uh, the dirt and filling up the wells in America and in the West. Muslim family allegedly attacked son for converting to Christianity, repeatedly punched him and spat in his face. Is anything going to happen to this family that did that to him? Apparently not. Apparently not. Because they have a pass. So they, then they, to fill up another well, you destroy the liberty that prevents them from being enslaved. So apparently people want to be enslaved. They don't want liberty. I guess liberty has too much responsibility to it, I guess. And so what's happening now, we're going into tyranny. And quite frankly, the younger generation is fine with going into tyranny. Apparently, they like being taken care of by the government. They like having a nanny state being taken care of. I don't understand it, but we're giving up liberty that people died for? I'm not understanding this. Destroy the truth that sets the person free. So no, that's one of the reasons they're afraid of you and I. They don't want to be told the truth. They don't want to be told the truth. There's not 52 genders. They don't want to be told that. They don't want to be told that you're really a guy instead of a girl, or you're a girl instead of a guy. They don't want to be told that. They want to be told that their sexuality should be within the bonds of marriage. They don't want to be told that. So they go into deception. So who do they listen to? They listen to people like Taylor Swift. They'll tell them the lies they want to hear. Taylor Swift is their new goddess. That's who they follow. They don't follow you and I. They don't listen to Christians anymore. They listen to Taylor Swift. And what is she doing? Having a, a, a raising money for Gaza relief. I wonder what that Gaza relief is going to go to. Hamas. 
What are you talking about? And so all of her millions of followers are going to do what Taylor Swift tells her. That's the level of where we're at now. They don't listen to truth. They listen to social media. And look at this. You, if you think I'm making this up about young people, look at this latest poll. This will blow you away. Majority of U.S. young people, this is 18 to 24, want Israel to be destroyed. Look at this. 60% of them believe that October terror attack was justified by Palestinian grievances. 53% of them think students should be free to call for genocide of Jews. 79% that white people are oppressors and non-white people should be favored. 67% believe Jews belong in the category of oppressors. 60% think Israel is trying to commit genocide in Gaza. 67% think Hamas can be negotiated with and 51% think Israel started the crisis. This is where we have a truth problem in America, where they're getting their information from Taylor Swift and not from truth sources. Because you know why? They have, they have put dirt in the wells. They have censored the truth. They have suppressed the truth. They have covered up the wells. Can't hear the truth anymore, so you get this. You got, this is a maniac type of thinking. This is, this is crazy, and yet they're here. Destroy the economy that gives them their lifestyle. So the, the economy on the West typically has been based on a free market economy, um, and this is what America has been able to prosper so well because we've, we've taken our economy based on Judeo-Christian principles of doing economies, okay? It's not perfect. And nothing will be perfect until Messiah runs the economy, obviously. But it's the closest thing you can get to the biblical ideal is a free market economy. So that's a threat to them of globalist, communist, Marxist. They don't like that. So they have to destroy it. So right now they're currently destroying our economy to go to some type of fascistic, globalistic communism. And so they're destroying the very economy that gave everyone the blessing of running things as God would want you to run them. Hard work, saving up, all that kind of stuff. No longer. So now the new thing is the science pins climate change on human breathing. Yeah, human breathing. Now you understand the way to destroy your economy is to go green. That's how they're going to steal the wealth. And so you know, with this, climate, this lunacy of climate religion is the way they're going to destroy our economy and go, go to a digital currency within the near future. But this is what they're doing. They're filling up the well of the economy, of the blessing of doing it God's way. Destroy the country that gives them the opportunity. Of course, how do you do that? You collapse it. You could collapse the whole system. The whole system's being collapsed under the weight of, of all this junk that's being put on it. Even in Germany, Think about this, they're having Santa Claus in Germany, right? And these Muslim youths physically attack Santa Claus, rip his clothes off, saying, this is our country, uh, cuss them out, and all this other stuff. Yeah, that's what happens when you import Muslims. This is what happens when you, you have Sharia law in Germany. This is the problem. You destroy your own culture. You bring in people that actually hate you. Destroy the free speech that gives them the ability to give their opinion. Uh, why did America turn against the First Amendment? You understand the freedom of speech is linked to the freedom of religion. You don't have freedom of speech. You don't have freedom of religion. The two are intertwined. 
And that's what's happening in America. It will be, most of the stuff I'm telling you right now in the future will be illegal. It will be considered hate speech if it isn't already. That's where it's going. But we turned against the First Amendment. Most of the young people don't believe in free speech. They don't believe it at all. Destroy the hierarchy that God establishes that gives lives to our order. I mean, think about the way God structured life. Life is to be built on the, the nuclear family, then society's built on that with having kids, and that's all been destroyed now. Everything's upended. The genders are all messed up. And think about this in the church. The church is the biggest culprit of this. So, for instance, the church hierarchy is Christ is the head of the church, and the church falls under his authority, right? Simple. But yet, for some reason, the pastors can't figure this out, that Christ is the head of the church. They think they're the head of the church. So here you got like a J.D. Greer and the rest of these, these, these mega pastors who are not even going to have services next week on Christmas. They didn't do it last year, and now they're not going to do it again. And here's what I want to say. How do you not have church on Christmas? I, I, I don't get it. These are, you know, Christmas and Easter, you got to have it on that. And you're not going to have it? No, instead, you can pay money to go to an extravaganza at the Coliseum that they're putting on, and you can go pay to have your Christmas entertainment. Really? So if, 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 how do we expect to get the culture back when you have lunatics like this that won't even have church on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? I, I don't understand this. And then at the same time, you have a, a, a constant upturning of authority in the churches in America with these female pastors. And it's like, dude, did you not read 1 Timothy chapter 2? You're in total violation of that. Oh, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything for us today. How can you just simply sit there and violate it, just, just in cold blood violate that? No wonder the churches are upside down. No wonder the churches can't find the cult, fight the culture war. They're upside down. There's no high, they've messed up the hierarchy. Destroy the laws that protect them. Yes, Boston Mayor Michelle Wu plans no whites Christmas party. What? What? So where's the law on, on, on racial discrimination? Where's the laws now? What if, what if you had a party and said no Asians? What if you had a party and said no blacks? What if you had a party and said no Eskimos? No, no Cherokees or whatever. What, what? What? But she can. She can. How about this one? How about this for the law? Former rookie teacher of the year pleads guilty to six sex crimes against a 14-year-old student, avoids a prison sentence. Slap on the wrist. How do you get away with that? You understand, in Judeo-Christian society, you have law. Right? You have law. There's no law now. It's just a free-for-all. And then destroy the biblical marriage and gender that stabilizes society. You mess up biblical marriage. You mess up gender. You're upside down as a society. Look at this. Can you believe I'm even looking at this? Drag queen stands in pulpit at Washington National Cathedral to pray to know our bodies. What? What, what is this? 50-year-old man competes against Cher's changing room with teenage girls at Canadian swim meet. Girls were terrified. Yeah, I would be terrified if I was a girl too, as a 50-year-old man pretending to be a girl. What? This is 
Filling in the wells, guys, filling in the wells. How about this, new Hallmark original, Christmas on Cherry Lane. Hallmark announces new movie depicting homosexuals fostering children. Isn't that wonderful? Again, destroying the very foundations of the society. Homosexuals who purchased two boys through surrogacy explain how they tossed out 10 other embryos. Why not? You're already in violation, but now you're going to kill the 10 embryos because you wanted a surrogacy. Huh, interesting. Destroy meritocracy and, and, and equality that prevents laziness. Yeah, this is why we have the homeless, homeless problem, highest levels in U.S. history ever. Why? Because we don't make people work. Paul, Paul said this, if you don't work, you don't eat. Simple, right? But yet, we have people that refuse to work because they're on drugs, because they're mentally insane, or, we, or they have checked out of society, and now we're at the highest levels because we won't deal with them in an appropriate way. Huh. Destroy the ability to defend oneself from criminals. Hamas calls for violence against America. So you, you understand, it's coming here. It's not going to stay in Israel. It's going to come here. And so does the Michigan imam. Do you understand that, that probably 80% of the mosques here in America are Wahhabi? You understand that, right? That's radical, man. Okay? You must understand that. The war's coming here. Radical pro-Palestinian leftists shut down LA's 110, uh, 110 freeway, 75 arrests. They shut down the entire freeway in LA. And oh, by the way, let me tell you what they did here in Bakersfield. They went through the Valley Plaza and with a police escort that allowed them to go through the Valley Plaza. Why? Because they get to do anything they want to do. They get to do anything they want. Do you want to march down through the mall? Fine. You'll get a police escort. You understand where we're at? It's 1938. It's 1938, guys. Now we know how the Holocaust happened. We sure do. We sure do know how the Holocaust happened. It's happening right now in America. And no one's, no one's saying anything. Because you know why? They're taking, the Philistines are taking the dirt and they're filling in the wells that our ancestors dug that, prevents, that, that allows the blessing of God to come out. And now those wells are being plugged up by the Philistines. What do we do about all of this? Well, what did Isaac do? This is where we get our application. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar. This is near the Gaza, by the way, and dwelt there. And Isaac dug, a well, dug again the wells of water which he had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. That's what you do. You go back and you redig the wells. You go back and clear out the wells and you stake your claim, this is what my dad called it, and I'm calling this well, this is what it is. It's not what you Philistines are doing. So our job is the same thing that Isaac did. You go back and you redig those wells to make sure that the blessings of God flow out of those wells, not only for you, but for others, because they're stopping everything up. That's what you do. And so that's what our call is to do. We don't sit by and say, oh, the wells are all plugged up because of what the Philistines did. You go back and you redig them. 
So the application, go back and redig the wells in your life so that they don't affect your family. And they, then you move from your family, you move to society. And you move to the culture. And you move to the nation. And that's what you do. This is what Israel is doing. They're redigging the wells. Okay? Reestablishing themselves in the, in, in, in the land again for the last 75 years. And guys, if we don't redig the land, the wells in America, we will lose this land to the Philistines. That's who we're losing it to. So tonight, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to help me dig out a well. So we're going to go to the Fox Theater tonight at 6.30 where they're having this stupid drag queen Christmas. And we're going to do a, 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 a peaceful protest against this sacrilegious, this abomination at the Fox Theater. Because you know what? I'm sick to death of them hijacking the birth of the Messiah. Christmas, I'm sorry, it's a Christian holiday. It is not a pagan holiday. It is not a secular holiday. It is not a Hallmark holiday. It is a Christian holiday. And no drag queen has the right to go hijack it and call it a drag queen Christmas. There's no such thing. That's an abomination. And so we're going to make our voices known. So if you will help me dig a well tonight, we will dig out that well at the Fox Cedar at 6.30, and we will stand there in protest of what's going on here in Bakersfield. Because if it's not going to be us, who will it be? So I'm asking you to come out and join me. I've asked all three, congregate, uh, all three sessions this morning to come out. Be with us. Let's stand for what really Christmas means and dig a well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what we can learn from Isaac's life. He just went and redug him. He didn't let the Philistines stop him. He went back, renamed them, so that the blessings of God would flow out again, that water of life. Help us to do that. Give us the strength tonight. Give us the protection tonight to do what we need to do, just to make our stand, just to say, no, we're not having this. And Father, I pray if there's anyone here that hasn't come to faith in the Messiah, they would do so today, understanding that he died on a cross for their sins, was buried, rose on the third day to give everlasting life, that water of life, to anyone who's simply thirsty that wants it. Speak to our hearts now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another lesson. We hope that this message is a blessing for you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website at rockharborchurch.net. Until next time, remember, keep looking up for our redemption draws near.